and we feel like our life is a mess. We feel like there is no way I need to share what God is doing or what's going on in my life with others. But the reason why you're going through what you're going through is because the Lord is teaching you. He's teaching you to learn from Him. He's teaching you to rely in Him and Him alone. And hopefully you can take that opportunity of your trials, your difficulties in life, and share that with someone else. This morning, I want to tell you a story about what your story should look like. And I know that that sounds strange, but pastor's been trying to encourage us to go and to share Jesus with others. And some of us, that's overwhelming. Some of us, it's like, well, I don't know how to tell people about Christ. I don't know the Bible well enough. And so this morning, I want you to be able to understand through God's word that your story is impacted by one and one alone, and that's Jesus. You just have the ability to go and share what Christ is doing in your life. But sometimes that's harder than what it is because of who we are. We let our insecurities, our excuses, for lack of a better word, right, students, to keep us from being who God intends us to be. I would love to know most of your stories. I would love to know how Jesus walked into your life. And can I tell you that there's someone in your life that needs to hear your story. Your story will change this known world. We wonder why our country is the way that it is. And I believe it's because Christians have began to let the church try to tell the story. Just the the building, the pastor, when he's up here preaching God's word, that's the story of Christ. But if we look at how the Bible is told, it was stories of how Christ impacted people's lives and how they went and shared Jesus with others. So I want to tell you a story, the story that's probably very familiar to most, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and that's the story of Moses. I won't have scripture this morning because if I was going to have scripture, we would basically be reading the entire book of Exodus and we could continue with Leviticus and a little bit of Deuteronomy. And I don't think with the the lack of sleep that we've got last night that anybody's excited about reading three books of the Bible, are we? Not trying to be negative. I mean, if we're ready, we can do it. I can read fast. But I want you to understand the story of Moses. Moses, it's it's one of those stories that every time Easter comes around, we're excited to watch Right? The Ten Commandments. Nobody tells a story better than Charleston Heston, right? I mean, that voice. Let my people go. I mean, that, that voice that, that all we can always remember. And we, I always try to find it every year. Anybody else? I, it just, it's a tradition. You, you've got to try to find the Ten Commandments. That story being told, even though we know it, we want to hear it. Right? We may think that our story kind of might have lost its luster over the years. We don't know how to exactly express that story. And I want you to understand that this is simple as rewatching a show that you've seen hundreds of times can change someone's life. Just depends on where someone's at. The story of Moses, you might know that he, he was a, a baby born and there were a decree more or less to say, we're going to kill all the Israelite babies. So he gets put in a, a basket and shoved down the Nile River. To think about that as a parent, to have to trust the Lord, his direction, his plan for your son's life, you're going to put him in a raft and send him down the river. I don't know about you, but I've never had to trust God like that. 
I haven't. I've experienced God in amazing ways, but I've never had the opportunity to say I've put my kids in a raft and said, good. Now, maybe when they turn 16, it's the same as giving them car keys, right, parents? It's like, oh, man, that's scary, you know? But to have to trust God that you're willing to say you've got better plans for him. I mean, as a parent... Don't we all, every teenager is about to say amen and they can't get in trouble, parents. Uh, parents always know best and they always tell us how things are supposed to be. It's a good thing to say amen, right? You don't want that. But bottom line is, is most of the time as, as parents, we know what's best for our kids. But yet, if we're honest and we see the, the illustration that's taught here and the, the lack of faith sometimes that we might have in who Christ is, we don't have a clue what's best for our kids. God does. We, if we're being led by the Lord, we could have a, an, maybe an idea, but sometimes our plans for our kids is far from what God's plans are for our kids. And that's hard to swallow. That's hard to understand because, well, Lord, you, you gave them to me, so I, I should hold on to them, right? My wife jokes all the time because Eli's our youngest that he can just uh, live in our basement for the rest of his life, all right? We, we don't want to let go of the last one. And I'm like, uh, <clears throat> nope, uh, he, he, we're teaching him to go, and we want him to grow. So get on down the road, right? Sorry, that doesn't sound negative to any of you. Your parents all love you and want you to stay forever, right? No. Uh, see, there was the truth that we know. But in this situation, Miriam had to be willing to let go of her son. Trust God. Know that God's plans were better for him than her own. That in the end, it was going to be the way that her nation would be freed. Wow. To let go of your son for your nation to be free. We'll see that in the story of Christ. Moses was let go so that a nation would be let go. God sent his son to the, cro- to the cross so our sins would never keep us separated from him. If just a simple understanding of who Christ is. But it's so difficult to let go. It's so difficult to say that I truly believe you, Lord. We might say that we love God. We might say that we're living for God because we're in church week after week. But if Christ means something to us, then we should be so encouraged and so convicted to be willing to go and to share our story, share what Christ is doing in our life. Moses was let go down the Nile, but God had a plan and a purpose for his life. He was going to be sent down that river, but then just a few short years down the the road, he would then turn that river into blood to convict the heart of the new Pharaoh, which was his half-brother that he grew up with, that you need to let go of this nation that you've been putting under slavery. You need to let my people go. Now, I don't know about you, but in my household, my boys, they fight. Did they fight at your house, Jessica? Your boys, they got a little bit. Yeah, they're, they're twins. They're, they're prideful. They, I'm bigger, right? I'm taller. My shoe is bigger than yours, right? People will fight over some of the dumbest things as brothers. Maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you still experience this as an adult. But you understand that 
in this situation with Moses and Pharaoh, I can only imagine the pride. Moses is coming to Pharaoh and saying, let my people go. What? Do you know who I am? You are trying to speak to me and tell me to let these people go? No, not a chance. The resentment that he had towards him because of his dad's love towards him. I could only imagine the turmoil that was going on inside of Pharaoh's life. That's why you get to see over and over that his heart was hardened. That God had another plan to make sure that you knew who was in control. As the story continues, you see this life of, of Moses. As After Pharaoh lets his people go, they, they begin to, to leave Egypt. And you would think that the Israelites, this, this newfound freedom, would be excited, would be ecstatic of what Jesus Christ is doing in their life. But we see it doesn't take very long that problems arise in our life. And we begin to take our eyes off of Jesus. We begin to take our eyes off of who's the one that got us where we are at today. And we see the, the problems and we forget the promise. The problems begin to be greater than our Heavenly Father. And we know that not to be true, but based off of our lives, our story, our actions, it's exactly who we are. The Israelites just were given this freedom. They're, they're leaving Egypt, and they run into their first problem, the Red Sea. And they look back. There's a lot of problems in our past, are there not? We've all dealt with some different things. But if we know that Christ is with us, those problems are behind us, right? They may still be there for us to learn. They may be that, that uh, part of our story that's going to remind us of how and where our trust should be. But you see this, this Israelite family, this country, began to see its problems chasing them. And yet they forgot that there were miracle after miracle after miracle of their freedom. But yet now they see they're going to die. I hope that you could see through this story of Moses' life that he had a lot of excuses. He had a lot of opportunities where he could have said, woe is me. Why am I having to deal with this? Why is my life the way that it is? But he says, Lord, he knew where to turn. Lord, here's the, the Egyptians are coming. They're going to kill us. What do I do? In our stories of life, I hope that it, we, when we look back on, on our lives, or if you were telling your story right now, that you would be able to respond like Moses did, to be willing to turn to the Lord when there's a problem. Not only when there's a problem, but know that he's with you at all times. That Moses could say, Lord, what's next? I know you've got a plan. I know that you wouldn't have brought us out of Egypt just to kill us here. What's next? And to be able to be led in a thing, in a situation that you know that you're like, that doesn't even make sense. That you're telling me to take a staff and to raise it, and it's going to part the Red Sea, and we're going to walk through. What? That, that's a crazy story. That doesn't even make sense, does it? 
I mean, it just blows your mind. You're thinking there's no way. And when you even when you watch it without HD, when you watch it without all the the, the super cool CGI stuff that we can do today, you're like, wow, that is crazy. There there could have been a well in the Red Sea. I don't know if that's possible. Probably not. But when you think about, we we would love to be able to say that, man, look what God's doing in my life and this and that, and be prideful and be thankful for who we are. And as a parent. It's awesome to be able to tell stories about our kids, about what God's doing in their life, right? Which there's nothing wrong with that. But I hope that we could see through Moses' story that God has a plan for you and that you need to be willing to share that story and trust God that he's in control of it. Not that that we're going to change it, not that we have a better plan than God, but to be receptive to the Holy Spirit's leadership. Moses had to walk across that Red Sea, but it didn't take very long that the Israelites began to complain again. Oh, God's providing manna every day, telling us exactly where to go by following a a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. I mean, that's our God. He's providing our every need if we're just willing to look for it, if we're just willing to be receptive to who the Lord is in our life. But when we get in that mundane routine, sometimes we start to become selfish. The Israelites began to be selfish. Oh, we got to eat this again? You ever had that? I do it every time my wife makes spaghetti. It's my son's favorite meal. He will eat it every other day if you would let him. Some of you might love spaghetti. I used to. But once you start to eat the same thing over and over, eventually you start to say, I don't care how good this is, I'm good. I don't need this. And that's the Israelites did this, but they did this with God's provision. Christians, I think we do the same thing. We show up week after week to church. We're excited. We get encouraged by his teaching, by his word through song, by the encouragement of others praising God around us, and that's so easy to take in. But sometimes our story isn't that simple. Sometimes our story is just kind of like Eeyore's life where it's just another day, woe is me. And we get to be discouraged about who Christ is in our life and we just complain. I hope that we can learn from their story that Christ's plan for our life is where everything should come from. My story should all be about his grace that's leading me to understand his mercy, to understand his greatness, to then be able to express that story to change someone else's life so that they can have a newfound hope. The Israelites complained, but yet God still was there. You might be in a place in your life where you're complaining, frustrated, and feel like God isn't there. I hope that you know that even amongst this bitter bitter nation that complained its way to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, even though the blessings were just right across the way, God was still there. God was still there. Wouldn't it have been amazing, though, for them to be able to leave Egypt and go straight into the promised land? Wouldn't we love for the story to go that way? If we were to tell our stories, and sometimes you might be that grandparent that does, we kind of leave out the the bad stuff and we get straight to the good stuff. 
Why didn't Moses do that here? Moses could have, oh, man, that, that was not necessarily a good 40 years. Whoop, we'll just fast forward right on through that, and we'll just tell about the time where we, we went into the promised land. Because sometimes when things are going all chaotic and we feel like our life is a mess, we feel like there is no way I need to share what God is doing or what's going on in my life with others because they're going to just think it's just a new episode of Jerry Springer, right? Or I guess nowadays it's uh, uh, Dr. Phil, you know? You don't even want me to say the line, right? Uh, but you think of the, the drama that's just out there. We let that drama think that, oh, well, there's no way that God could be in that. Well, there's, there's no way that God's trying to use me in, a, in a, an amazing way amongst all of this stuff, all of this, all these issues. But can I help you to see that the, the reason why you're going through what you're going through is because the Lord is teaching you to trust him. He's teaching you to learn from him. He's teaching you to rely in him and him alone. And hopefully you could take that opportunity of your trials, your difficulties in life, and share that with someone else because they may be going through the same thing. They may be struggling with understanding who God is in their life. They may be struggling with how to receive the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is, is to be led by God, to understand that his ways are higher than my ways, that he has a, bet, a better plan than I could ever understand and be receptive to it. See, that is what I believe is one of the hardest things for most Christians to actually do, to be led by the Holy Spirit. We'll accept the Holy Spirit because we want to go to heaven, but to trust God from thereafter, I just don't want to go to hell. So lead me in a better way. Lead me no longer in Egypt, but let me go to the promised land, right? But there was some mess along the way that I hope taught the Israelites a lot. And if you look, it took them a little bit. The Israelites, Bible says that as they want, the reason why they had to wander in the wilderness is because Joshua and Caleb went and spied out the land with a few others. And those others came back and said, there's no way that we should go and try to fight them. They're way bigger than any of us. An excuse. Again, they took their eyes off of who God was in their life and began focusing only on who they were. It's so easy to get separated from God when we look at who we are. We're sinful. We're separated from God because of our sin, but but because of who Jesus is in our life, we are made whole, and we forget that. We accept it, but we forget it, and we don't hold on to it. And the Israelites, that's exactly where they were at. They're struggling with this understanding that God has a better plan. God said that we're leaving Egypt and we're going to the promised land. It should have been it, you know? It's spring break. There's people that got in the car this morning. They got in the car yesterday. And I, I know most dads, if they're like me, they're like, next stop is where we're going, right? We're, we're not stopping in between. We don't need any restroom breaks. We don't need to stop at Gainesville and do a little shopping on the way if we're headed out north. or, or No, we're, we're, we're headed somewhere. We've got to get there. But life doesn't work that way. I, I've tried that many, many times on all of our trips. It doesn't work. 
You're going to have to stop. You're going to have to detour. There might be some traffic in your life. There might be a time where you're stuck there because you had car trouble. God has a plan, and sometimes those things that we feel like are just terrible, they're not what we wanted to deal with that day, is exactly what God was trying to teach us that day. The Israelites complained. They saw the, the giants. They said, no way could we ever go into the promised land. But Joshua and Caleb said, if God says it's for us, let's go. And hear this. This is the part that I hope that we can understand in our story in our life is that when we're led by God to do something, there's going to be people around us that are going to say we shouldn't. And that's not a negative thing on them. I'm not trying to be hateful to them. Because it looks like I said, we all do those things. We all see the 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 selfish things or the, the easy things that uh, keep us from doing what God wants us to do. But when we allow their voice to be louder than the Holy Spirit's voice in our life, we've no longer we've said, Your word is not as important as my friend's word. We would never say that out loud, but we live it. If somebody was writing down your story, that might be the way that it was told. We would like to just gloss over that. We would like to forget that, just like I said with Moses and the 40 years wandering in the wilderness. But understand there's a reason for them to wander in the wilderness, and that's to help us to understand that God's plans are better than our plans. Will you hear that? I don't know about you, maybe I'm the only parent that ever has to do this, but sometimes I have to tell my my kids multiple times, maybe a few times more than you would like to, but I'm still going to keep telling them. I know that one day they'll finally get it. I'm praying, y'all can pray with me. But that's exactly what our Heavenly Father does for us. He'll continue letting us wander He knows what's best for us, but he's waiting for you to let him lead, to let you respond to his word, let you respond to the Holy Spirit that's in you to share what Christ is doing in your life. This morning, I want to take the time to allow a few students to share. I know I'm the youth pastor, right? I'm, I'm going to let a bunch of teenagers talk. But the reason why I want these students to be able to share is I want them to be able to share with you their story of understanding who Christ is in their life. If you simply share your story, you can change this world. You may not know how to share your story, and I hope that this morning by understanding God's word that you just got to share what Christ is doing in your life. It doesn't mean that you have to be some profound preacher. It doesn't mean that you have to be some good-looking man, right? Even though these are all pretty pretty awesome-looking men, right? I didn't look at Stephen. You're right. You're right, Stephen. But, but that you just need to be willing to be used by God. Trust God. So I'm going to let you listen to their stories about how they came to know Jesus. So I was about 12 or 13 years old. Ooh, look at that man picture. right there. But, but before this, I was invited to church 
by Sam and Hayden to go to a little uh, laser quest trip for our youth. Um, that following year was going from seventh grade to eighth grade, and I got saved at church camp that year. So after I got saved, I was going to eighth grade, and I met Chad and Stephen. And when I first met them, I kind of felt an emotional bond, like just collide with both of them, and I knew that someday something good was going to happen from them. And it was about freshman year, going into sophomore year, when Hayden, Sam, and I started inviting Stephen and sometimes Chad to just come over and hang out and have some fun. And about sophomore year was when we first invited Stephen and Chad to church. So I, you can hold the mic. I hope what you're, you're hearing here is, is that there's a few other guys that are down here, Sam, Hayden, Logan, there's a few other ones that we all went to Laser Quest and just decided to have some fun. Anybody like to have fun in here? I, I like to have fun. We all have fun in different ways. Uh, that young man was going to have fun by running around and shooting other guys with a laser. Sounds like fun to me. All right? Run some energy out of them, let them go to sleep, right? And, and he had a good time, but it didn't just end with having a good time. He had an opportunity to understand who Jesus was in his life by going to camp, by having the, the gospel presented so that he would know Jesus. And it took him a little bit, right? When did you say you, you started going to, or you started inviting them to church? Sophomore. Sophomore year. He got saved between seventh and eighth grade year. So was that a bad time in his life? He, he forgot to invite his friends for two years? No. Just like the Israelites, sometimes we, it takes us a little time to grow. It takes us a little bit to, to get where God needs us. Go ahead, Stephen. Uh. Kicking off when uh, where Cody ended, I uh, yeah see yeah I don't like that picture either. <laughs> uh, kicking off where Cody left off, um, yeah I was I was invited during around sophomore year uh, by Cody Hayden Logan everybody in that third row right there, uh, and at first I I didn't I wasn't really big on going to church at all, but then because like, I as a kid I I grew up going to church. But it was like in a church where everyone spoke Spanish, and I don't speak Spanish, so unfortunately, so I I was really happy that I was I was invited because it was something new to me. So I came to church, I came to Cornerstone, and I felt something like I just I've never really felt before, and I, it was such an amazing feeling, and I was extremely happy. And then when Hayden and Cody and everybody else like invited me to uh, to church camp and it was one of the best weeks I've ever had, and on that fourth day of that one week, I was I was I was saved, and amen. And till today, I'm I I love coming here is because this is the like one of the only churches I've ever had a true connection with each and every one in this room, and so mm -hmm. I thank you guys, and I thank Hayden, and I thank Cody and everybody else. Thank you guys. Awesome. So. So because Sam and Hayden reached out to Cody here when Cody was shorter than me, thank you, Cody. You make me feel much taller now. I appreciate that. It's very humbling when all of a sudden, you know, when I watched him grow, he was really growing in maturity too, but man, he sure grew physically way stinking fast because he used to be like down here and then, yeah. So I normally try to make them stand down below and I stand on the steps and make me feel 
you know, all right. But he, as he grew in maturity, he began to reach out to his friends, not just to hang out as it first began, but that now, okay, I need to invite them to have a relationship that I have. Now, did that mean that all of a sudden he was opening up the Bible and saying, hey, we need to turn to Romans chapter 3 and we're going to read the Romans road? And Hey, if he did that, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good for him. I'm not saying that that's wrong. But he said, I want you to come meet some other people. I want you to come meet this Jesus that's in my life. Maybe he didn't know exactly how to say it, but he knew where he found it. So he brought someone with him to find it. I hope that you always know where Jesus is at in your life. If you've got it and you're ready to just share what Christ is doing in your life, then go and do that. Stand on a box in the middle of the street and scream it, just like DC Talk told us to. Right? Go out there and share what Jesus is doing in your life. But you could simply invite a friend to church. Hang out with them. I know we get a little bit past that when we no longer go to high school. We don't hang out, right? We go home, we close the door, the night's over with. It's now vegging and watching TV. That's okay. Not trying to condemn television. I watch plenty of it. But do you share what God is doing in your life to change other people's lives? If we want to see what Christ can do with Cornerstone Baptist Church, we say that we care. We say that we want to make a difference in our community. We want to see every seat filled. We want to see what God's going to do at our new facility. We're excited about all these things. Well, it's not going to just happen because there's a building. They're not going to happen because there's just a a seat for them. It's going to happen when we choose to share our story. We get to share who Christ is in our life. Does that mean that we're going to be the the preacher of of the church? No, it doesn't. But God's called us all to go and to share our story. Share the love that Christ has given us. Share it with someone else because it could change someone's life. It could change other people's lives as we're about to hear. Go ahead, Chet. Okay, so um, before I moved here, I lived in Arlington, and um, my mom was like a – she worked at a church, and she took care of the little kids and whatnot. And and I went there, and, like, she actually taught me. But um, when I – when I started to grow up, like I never really was a big church goer. And then uh, my parents got divorced and uh, <clears throat> sorry, um, that was a hard time. And um, then I had to move out here with my stepdad and my mom. And when I first moved out here, I could really see that like this town was a big church going town like there's so many churches out here it's unbelievable and um i didn't meet steven until eighth grade and i met cody a little bit before that and um i never really had like the desire to go to church it wasn't really in my mind but like i knew who jesus was and i knew that I just knew I wasn't like an atheist or whatnot and didn't believe, but I believed. But I didn't have the connection yet. And it was about sophomore year, the summer of sophomore year, and Stephen invited me to come to church. I was just 
thinking, you know, why not? You know, it'll be, it'll be fun, I guess. And from then on, I kept going and going and, and one night, um, Wednesday night, we went to Fields of Faith and that night something just clicked. And the speaker there, Ryan Roberts was amazing. He, it was just so life changing for me. And he had us close our eyes, look down, and he said, if you feel anything, then stand up. And so I did because I felt something inside of me. And then he had everyone open their eyes. I could just see everybody who stood up and he told us to come down here, come down to the field and find our youth pastor. And you know, I'm a shy person, so I'm these guys helped me go down there. I found Sean and that night I was saved. And Man. it, and after that, I learned that sometimes doing, sometimes doing the right thing isn't always a popular thing. And that, that was hard to learn because of what my past was, but, since that night, I've been a changed person, and I'm so grateful for it. Amen. Amen. Three different stories, but three very similar stories. But I hope that you, you catch the one profound similarity, and that's their introduction to who Jesus is. Here at Cornerstone, as your student pastor, I'm going to do everything that I can to to encourage and help students to want to be here. You heard some fun in there. It's okay to have fun at church, is it not? I mean, when when I went to the Esslinger's house, we had a little bit of fun. We we're going to play some games. We we're going to be competitive. We we're going to eat something good. Amen, right? We're Baptists. We we're going to eat something good. I promise you that. Okay, that's that's one of the prerequisites of a good pastor. He can cook, right? Um, but can I tell you that our story needs to end, needs to begin with Jesus. Don't get me wrong. All the fun, all the amazing things that we we might do that we think are uh, eventful in our lives, if all they are is just events without Christ, we miss an opportunity. An opportunity to change the world, to change their eternity, and to change someone else's life. I'm pretty sure, not knocking Sam and Hayden, Logan, that day that when we planned a little activity to drive to North Russian Hills to play laser tag, that they had no idea that it was going to begin a story like you just heard. They just thought they were going to have fun, and their parents were saying, praise the Lord, I get a break. Okay, not being hateful. I know your parents, all right? But it was the beginning of a life-changing moment in three young men's life. And I'm praying that it's going to be four, five, six, seven, eight other people's life. Because their story isn't over. And neither is yours. You have a story. Are you telling it? Are you sharing it with those, all the good, all the bad of the story, of how the Holy Spirit is leading you. Moses didn't leave out the bad. 
Moses shared it all. And I believe it's the reason why we're inspired to follow a loving God that'll love us unconditionally when we're wandering in the wilderness, stubborn as all get out, but Christ is still there. You know somebody that's stubborn. You know somebody that's struggling. Share the love of Christ in your life with them. Invite them to your base group. Invite them to a fellowship. Invite them to hang out, have some coffee, build a relationship, and guess what? In a few years, we'll hear your story. And their their eternity will be changed forever. These pews will be filled with stories. Stories of Christ. I pray that this morning that you'll understand that evangelism isn't as hard as we make it to be. Evangelism is just us deciding to share what God's doing. So I pray this morning that each and every one of you will begin to go and to share your story. Change this world for Christ with how Christ is impacting you right now. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I pray that that you would be willing to hear God's plan for your life. I pray this morning that you would be willing to understand that sometimes bad things happen in our lives, but they're exactly what we need. They're exactly where we're supposed to be. We just need to be trusting in you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would soften our hearts to be more like you. Lord, I pray that if there's someone in this room that has never started that story, that love or relationship with you, that I pray that this morning would be be that day that they could start their story. And that we could celebrate with them because of who you are and what you've done for us on the cross, Lord. We give you the praise for that. We thank you for, for what you're doing all across this great nation on this Sunday morning as there are churches that are preaching your word. We thank you for the souls that are being saved. Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged, that we would decide to, that right now is the time that we're going to begin to share our story, to change the world. That's why you came to change our destiny. Lord, I thank you that you would be willing to do that for us, that you would send your son for me. I thank you that there were people in my life that were willing to share their story, to change my eternity because of who Christ was in their lives. I pray that this morning that you would convict our hearts to be soul winners for you. Sharing our story daily because you're worthy to be praised. We'll sing those songs, but Lord, I pray that we would begin to sing those songs throughout our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us to hear from you this morning, maybe in a new way. I pray these things in your son's name. Amen.
The altars are going to be open. I pray that you'll take this opportunity.